Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, boo! Yo, Adrian! I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah! TV. Nice! Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Jason, welcome to the cave. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. And hot Atlanta. It's it's hot and steamy down here. And you're one day away from the premiere of an awesome show, man. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. This is something that we've been working really hard on for a long time. And and as it gets closer, kind of the buzz comes out and a lot of people are talking about it and honestly saying great things about it. So it makes me even more excited for tomorrow. So for the listeners and the viewers, you know, you're the executive producer, creator of Titletown High, which will be on Netflix this Friday. Um, but before we dive into that, I mean, like, I want, like, how did you find your love to get into the entertainment industry to get into this path? Sure. So I went to school at Florida State um, and because their football team is so good, I had a lot of kind of first uh, firsthand knowledge of how kind of a big program works and then ABC Sports coming in all the time and televising the games and their production was on a super high level. And so I think that was huge for me being able to go to a school like that, that produces national content because the school was winning national championships and and things of that nature, the school uh, had a lot of attention. And so the series that we did as students ended up airing regionally and sometimes even nationwide. And I just fell in love with it. I just really enjoyed it. Um, and from Florida State, because of ABC and meeting some of those guys, I got offered a job uh, from ABC Sports and moved up to New York uh, as a young kid, uh, left college early um, and left uh, and went and worked at ABC Sports, living in New York City, making like $650 a week. It was nothing. How do you survive um, in New York City with that kind yeah, of money? Exactly. <laughs> Lived at a family friend's house over in Summit, New Jersey and took the train in is how you did it. But uh Worked for them for a few years and then um, actually not even a few years, about a year and a half, two years. And then the XFL started it. If you remember the first time the XFL came and um, they were looking for people to come over to them and nobody would take the job because nobody's going to leave a big time network and go work for something like that. But then they just Mm. started offering stupid money, to be honest. And being a young kid making 650 bucks, that that was something that uh, opened my eyes. And when they said they would pay me what they would pay me and I could live wherever I want, um it was it was a great opportunity for me so i moved down to georgia atlanta where i am at now and started doing xfl uh and then when that crashed they they liked what i was doing asked me to come on over to wwe so i produced for wwe for several years with vince mcmahon basically anything that happened outside the ring backstage or any kind of features are stuff that i produce and learned a lot from vince uh in the style and the production value and how to tell a story and for me i always go back to that because That was my first kind of crossover between sports and entertainment, right? Uh, Storytelling and then using sports to kind of do it. And so uh, then uh, the movie Friday Night Lights came out in the series Hard Knocks, the NFL series. And there was a big buzz about those kind of programs. And I remember sitting back thinking like, man, the people love this program. I remember when I played high school football and what that was like in the drama and just real life, real emotions. I'm like, we got to do the series. So I went and shot some stuff and ended up selling it to MTV and did two days when I was 24 years old. I produced that series, my very first series I ever created and produced. And obviously that show just took off like nobody could have imagined became 
MTV's number one series. And then here I am today. How did you fall in love with football? I've always loved football. I grew up loving football, played football, uh, high school football, just really enjoyed the sport. And I've been very fortunate, obviously, to been able to be a lot of uh, around a lot of top football programs across the country doing, you know, a season with Florida State, Notre Dame, Navy. We did the series with Hoover, did the series with Valdosta, spent a lot of time with the New Orleans Saints. And so we've I've, I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of high profile programs and be able to produce some really cool content. You mentioned Florida State. Did you try to try out for them? Was there any open tryouts? You're like, you know, I'm going to go try out. For I mean, I, I was not shy or, or uh, <laughs> I, I knew I knew where I stood when it came to playing yeah. a big time college football like that. But what position did you play? I played defensive end. I will say this. I was a number two and the guy ahead of me got a full scholarship to Northwestern D1 school. And so Kevin Buck was his name played sometime in the NFL as, as well, too. So I, I like to throw that in there. So for two day two uh, for the MTV show, uh, you know, you worked with Rush, but like, how did you, after all these years later, how did you decide to start this new project for Title Town? So two days for me, obviously, uh, holds a special place with me. It, it catapulted my career. It's why I'm sitting here today talking to you, um, and it's just something that's uh, was always kind of close to me, and uh, I'm very thankful for it. And Rush and I had a great relationship um, at Hoover and with Two Days, and he understands kind of where I am and what my job is. While we have a relationship, there still is that kind of part of our relationship where he knows I have a job to do and I have stories to tell. And, and I've always appreciated him allowing me to do that. And so we, we built a relationship that was a personal relationship from that series. And over the years, I would say anywhere from three to five times a year, we would touch base, whether it's over text or a phone call, or if I was driving to Tallahassee to go to a game, I would stop in and see him where he was in Colquitt. And we always kind of said to each other, hey, at some point we need to redo this because that show got so big. Uh, even before Title Town, I would I would walk somewhere and somebody would always ask me about the two day series just because of how how big it became. And so yeah. when a friend of mine, Brian, texted me that, hey, Rush just signed with Valdosta uh, to be their head coach, kind of a, a light bulb went off. And I immediately wow. reached out to Rush first, asked him why he didn't tell me himself, um, <laughs> but then uh, started talking to him about, hey, Hey, this may be the perfect fit. You're talking about a Valdosta program that is the number one winningest high school football team in the country, the third winningest program in the world on any level behind Michigan and Notre Dame is Valdosta High School, knowing that they've only won one state title in the last 20 years or kind of on a downslide, not in a national spotlight. Then you're going to bring a guy like Rush Propes into that situation. You know, as a producer, that's that's a pretty great opportunity. Um, how did you get involved with Netflix first? Like, did you first film this and then shop it around? What was the, the first step with this? So we started uh, shooting it right away because I fully believed in it. Um, I'm represented by CAA, our company's represented by CAA. And so CAA reached out to several different networks and really narrowed it down to three networks that were strongly interested in the series. Um, and when we got the offer from Netflix, Netflix is just a perfect platform for this type of series. I mean, the reach that they have, this isn't just a show that's going to be shown in the United States. You're talking about over 135 countries and over right. 38 different languages. So for us, that kind of platform is just enormous. And for us to be able to tell our stories on Netflix was a great opportunity for us. Now, was uh, did Rush, was Rush already coaching there for like a year or two before you jumped no. in or was it right away, first year, bang, bang? Yeah, first year, bang, bang. He hadn't even... Right coached a practice yet before I started wow. talking to him about it. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, that's fantastic. 
So you filmed us, uh, so like I said, I mentioned, I watched the first episode. If you want to bring Rush on, go ahead. I know we spoke off the air that- uh, Yeah, Rush, come on Rush. in. <clears throat> this guy's not shy, trust me. Well, I can tell from the show he's not shy. Coach, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, like, so you guys filmed the eight episodes, am I right? Yeah, that's eight correct. Two. Eight episodes. So tell us about, like, the, you know, I watched the first episode and everything uh, behind the scenes. First of all, like, how was it, like, filming this during the pandemic? For me or Rush? Both of you. Well, I'll tell you from our side, and then he can tell you from a football side. From our side... Uh, it was difficult because there's no blueprint, right? This, is, this has never happened before. It's not like we could go back and say, okay, this is what happened before. Let's do this. So everything was new. We were one of the only productions in the country filming this kind of series at the time. And so Netflix was a great partner of ours. They kind of gave us some guidelines and protocols to do. Uh, it obviously increased the budget tremendously because we wouldn't allow two producers to be in the car. We wouldn't allow two camera guys to be in the car. Two audio guys couldn't be in the car. So that way, if something happened, we could still keep our kind of core crew and not have to quarantine everybody. And so obviously, from a production side, you usually have one van and all six people travel together. Now that one van's turned into three cars. Uh, and so obviously, everywhere we went, we had a lot more cars. We got tested every two, three days. Uh, we had protocols in place with Coach. Uh, making sure that the school and the coaching staff knew if we had any issues, we knew if they had any issues. So a lot really went on uh, as far as the planning and kind of the upkeep of what I think we did a great job because at the end of the season, we only had two people ever get COVID and thankfully they were okay, but they'd still contracted it. And Coach Probst and his team didn't have to cancel one game on their end. They had to cancel games because of the other team, but the way that Coach handled this program uh, enable them to not have to cancel one game or really not even alter their season much other than the other teams. Hey, Coach, how come you didn't uh, tell Jason you got that job when you first got it down there? Yeah, right? Ask him that question. What's that now? Say it again. What's the question? It said, how come you didn't give him a call that you got the job when uh, you first uh, <laughs> got into the school? Why didn't you think of me right away? Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> things turned pretty fast in that deal. You know, I didn't get that job the last week of April. And, uh, wow. It was a long, drawn-out thing that uh, drug too much, actually. And then but COVID had a lot to do with that, too, now. So, uh, actually, I didn't even go in the office till mid-May. Wow. So, you guys have worked together in the past. Uh, how was your relationship in the past? And then uh, when he gave you the call, let's do it again, what was your thoughts? Um, you know, I, the first time was such a success. And, I, you know, I, and I enjoyed it. I, and I thought the first year was really good. I mean, not that they weren't both good. I just feel like. The first year, it was there from the onslaught, and it would, and I thought it helped us. And I've said this, I don't know if I've said this nationally, but we were going for an unprecedented championship to win four championships in a row in the largest classification in Alabama had never been done. Mm. We were just coming off the third in a row. So this was 05, and I really believe to this day the show helped us achieve that goal. Uh, in the 06 group, we were preseason ranked by USA Today as number one team in the country. And they didn't start with us to start with. That's right. And, and they came in actually the middle of the season, right when we were playing John Curtis out in New Orleans, and we lost the game. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but it, it, was, it was a little more difficult. But still, Jason made it so much easier uh, because they just professionally know what they're doing. I mean, and then, and then the Valdosta thing, it was just like an old hat again. Everything was – very easy. Uh, 
the players now, obviously with social media, they're more in tune to the social media part. And I don't know, maybe they're just not as camera shy in today's world as they were 15, 16 years ago. That's all right. So what's, what's uh, Jason, what's the ultimate goal? What do you want the viewers to see when they're watching this? And Coach, uh, what's your thoughts of all, on all this? Yeah, I, I think for us, what the story is at heart is really a coming-of-age story for these kids. Uh, that's what our series is about. Um, the point of view is really about these kids and obviously the pressure that this guy puts on them to and the demand of their time because Rush runs his program like a, a university, like a college. And so the time demand is just really enormous for them. And so for us, I think the audience is going to get a, a, a glimpse or not a glimpse, a a super inside look at what it takes to compete at this level, being 15 to 18 years old, small town America. I mean, Valdosta is a small Southern town in Georgia where football is like a religion in the pressure that not only coach puts on these kids, but the community. Mm -hmm. I mean, the community pressure on these kids and on Rush and his staff is enormous. It's unlike anything I have ever seen in any uh, community as far as the pressure and the community involvement um, they take their football real serious and they were not shy I remember going down the first week I talked to the superintendent and I talked to the principal I talked to 20 different people in the community on camera and I said why do you think they hired rush pros everybody looked at me and was like that's simple because we need to win <laughs> and we need to get back on a national stage and and that's what they did uh, the, purity, the purity of High school football is there. Um, you don't have a lot of the things that, you know, that the SEC or college has, but we do run it just like a college football program. So we're not a normal high school setting, if that makes any yeah. sense. We're just not. Uh, the team meetings, the walkthroughs, the film studies, the, the, the strength, the nutrition, all that stuff is just like if I was coaching at uh, Mississippi State University. Uh, the only difference is obviously you've got more revenue and more of an operational budget mm -hmm. at those schools. But the time frames, uh, you know, in high school, the one point's not, not been made. There's, there's no 20-hour rule in high school. And um, uh, college kids go to two classes a day, sometimes three. Where in high school, they're in class from, you know, four or five hours a day, every day yeah. routine, plus the other times. So it does get pretty tough on a high school player. Coach, from what I saw in the first episode, the players respect you. You respect them. <clears throat> How would you describe the relationship between them, between you guys? Well, I didn't get to – that's a double-edged sword because I wasn't there long enough to really know the parents. You know, okay. now the kids – you're there so much with them. You, you understand and learn them pretty quick. And kids are kids. You know, young men are young men. It don't matter what school you're, you're coaching. They're sort of the same group. That mean, means, I mean, whether they come from a high end economically or they come from a low end, they're still there for the same reason. And that's what's so good about football. There's no race in football and there's no uh, social, social economic status in football they're all the same and they're all striving for the same thing and that's to be a champion and to add to that to get out of that area in which they're in and to advance and get a college scholarship to help better their lives that's what they're that's why they play that's great 
What do you think? What do you think, guys? We're going to see another season? Has there been talks yet? Or do you want to see another yeah, season of this? There's, yeah, there's been tremendous talks. Um, obviously, I think some of it kind of depends on what coach does and, and how the viewership is and, and kind of some of those things. Um, but uh, we've had those internal discussions. We'd be excited to do a second season, obviously. I think the stories left uh, where there's still a lot more to tell. Uh, and I think people will watch our show and uh, may have thought they knew kind of what was going on, but there's difference of what you see in the news and you get little snippets. And then it's different when you have cameras 24 seven, you know, for eight months and the things that we saw um, and the way that things happen and developed I think that's what our story um, is really going to be cool to watch and see is, is how things develop over the course of a season. Now, how many, how many hours of footage do you think you had and how did just, how did you decide what you wanted to put on there? I mean, we easily had over 3000 hours of footage. I would, I would say just uh, guessing, but thousands of hours of footage. Um, and we have to windle that down to eight 30 minute episodes. So that's, that's one of the most difficult jobs that our team of producers, I mean, this is not just me. It's not just like I get all this footage and I do all this myself. We had a team, you know, on the post side of things that was 25 people working six days a week uh, to edit this show, to get it done and to be able to tell the story. So um, that's, that's one of the hardest things, but we look through all the footage and we take notes. We have meetings upon meetings upon meetings. We try one thing. It doesn't work. We try something else. Uh, because it's not just one story you're telling, right? In our series, you saw it, you know, there's multiple stories going on and we have to intertwine those stories uh, in order to keep kind of an audience, not only to watch one episode, but we want the audience to watch episodes one through eight. And with Netflix, it all comes out on the first day. So, you know, hopefully they binge it all the first night or a night or two, you can watch the entire series. Hey coach, how many, how many times did you bug Jason for film clips? <laughs> Not, not many. Um, you know, I mean, I'm obviously working with him before. I, I trusted what he was doing. I know yeah. what he's what he's trying to accomplish, and and it's and it's worked out before, and this will work out also. Are you gonna let him coach someday, since he loves football that much? I'm gonna let him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him call a play the next time we do this again. I'm gonna let him call a couple plays. I did that at Hoover. I don't know if he remembers. There was a game they were up. He probably doesn't want to admit it, but he looked at me and said, "What should I do?" They were up by like 40 points. I forgot what I even said, but I, I do remember that. Uh, uh, lastly, guy. Uh, lastly, uh, Coach and Jason, how can the viewers and the listeners uh, find you on social media, and how can they watch the show? I'm personally on social media on Instagram at just Jay Shaviko, my last name. Uh, and it's actually the same on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, Coach Probst obviously is, is also on social media, believe it or not. Actually, I'll tell you, this is breaking news right here on your show. We just did a TikTok with him. Can you believe oh, wow. that? <laughs> the guy learned to dance. It's going to be posted a little later. And I fully expect it to go viral. So that's the inside scoop right there. Nobody knows. But um, Coach Probst is also on Instagram and Twitter. And what's your Instagram handle? Do you know Coach Probst? Rush Probst. Rush Probst and Twitter is uh, Coach Rush Probst. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, uh, but you, you could go to uh, Titletown High's Instagram page. That's probably the easiest thing because we have the whole cast, everybody on there's social media accounts. Guys, man, this was great. Thank you for coming on. Good luck with the show. You got let's, it. Let's, really get, a season, it. let's get a season two. Let's do it. Let's get a season two. 
That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.